1: All right, welcome to Birdland Tonight. Um, I'm Josh Soroka from section three thirty-six, joined with my co-host of section three thirty-six and my brother Matt. Matt, how do you like being second fiddle?
2: Welcome to Birdland Tonight. I am your host, Matt Soroka. Uh, now that's uh,
1: on the that's on your other show. This is my show.
2: Okay. Well, first in the spreadsheet, I signed up first. It doesn't matter because we're here celebrating a seven to six Orioles victory. Ramon Urias, the most unlikely of heroes. With the walk-off game-winning hit, I'm pumped.
1: Um, all right, we can start there at the end of the game. How um, were you, like me, annoyed that uh, Urias was up to the plate? Like uh, I was like, don't well, we have someone on the bench that can come in and substitute?
2: Yeah, it was interesting, right? And just at the thing where you know Ruiz is on the bench, well, but we, then at the same moment, yeah, he went and pitched, run for Franco yeah. when Franco got to second base at the same moment. But no, because. Because had the, he had the, R- Ramon had the, the home run in the first game. So, you, you know, you, you start to think, okay, he had the home run in the first game. And that's when I, I was pumped that Franco came up. Because Franco had that big base-clearing yeah. double. And sometimes when a player has one good hit, they often are the guy who also gets the second big hit. Um, but, no, I was, okay. I was okay with him up there. I mean, it it's not ideal for me. But, like, it, how I feel is, like, who, who do you want up there at the end? Trey Mancini? <laughs> I don't know if I really want yeah. Trey Mancini up there at I the want, end. At there's point. one
1: There's one guy.
2: Oh, yeah, and there's Cedric one Mullins. guy. Cedric Mullins is an absolute stud, he's, absolute
1: stud. He's now got a 15-game hitting streak. Yeah. And if you've noticed, what was this game, 10, 9 and 10 were today? Yeah. So that's and, and, or uh, 10 and 11.
2: Yeah, this I was a little nervous, 11. too, because this is the type of game where you could get screwed because you could only get three at-bats because of the, the shortened well, game. We'll
1: get, we'll get to that because the 7 inning sucks.
2: Oh, I completely disagree. I'm a huge fan of it, actually. But we can talk about that later. But the, the the big takeaway for this game is, Josh, my reaction at the end, I don't know how you were, my reaction at the end when, when, when uh, you know, when we got the game-winning hit, yeah. the walk-off hit. Yeah, the hit up um, the middle. When Ruiz, yeah, I saw it up the middle. Ruiz runs across the base. For me, it wasn't even like jump McManus. It was like relief. It was relief yes. because, right. um, I mean, to lose the lead in the seventh inning and we can get the Plucco being in there. Um, but but to, to, to lose the lead was just... And after what happened in game one, to lose this game would have been devastating. I, so the fact that we won is like, <sighs> take a breath.
1: I thought it was the curse of you and I. Because uh, opening day, the Orioles lost on stupid fielding. Then we went back on Saturday. They went into X-ray and ends, uh, Lost because... Went into extra innings because of stupid fielding and paying attention to the to the guy that got in a pickle, and then lost an in extra innings. Then this afternoon they lose an in extra innings. I was I thought tonight oh they're going to get screwed and lose an in extra innings again, and it's it's because of Matt and I.
2: Yeah, well I I yeah I'm starting to just because of the results I'm starting to really hate the extra innings.
1: Yeah, uh, oh, totally the,
2: because the, it doesn't seem to you play
1: out well for the orioles no no the ghost runner on second base i know you have a problem with the term ghost i don't understand runner, the term ghost runner but, but okay. i believe that's the term that or uh, that baseball fans have accepted
2: yeah but josh if we're playing in the backyard and yeah. we got like five guys playing baseball oh we don't have a runner for third base so we'll just put a ghost runner there yes. as in there's no body right that we'll just put a pretend runner there in third yeah. base that makes sense to me that's what the ghost runner is i don't understand
1: there's an actual person standing second base and you call him a ghost ghost runner i don't really get because here's what happens imagine if you're playing a baseball game no one got a hit and suddenly someone pops up on second base that would freak you out like there's a ghost on second base yeah but it's not it's not like a dead dude it's one of our players you don't know that you just know a guy that didn't get a hit showed up on second base Okay, no, I know that Galvis was not dead when he showed up at second base in that first game. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe they could change this rule so that instead of your last out, it's your last dead guy.
2: Yeah, that that that's not a bad idea. You know, that would make more sense with the ghost runner.
1: Or you can stick with the same way you're choosing who runs, but they have to wear a jersey of a dead Oriole. Yeah, but that was that that was a crazy
2: last inning, Josh. It was where, so much fun. Where well the situation was you had Santander. Mancini and Franco coming up, and you're like, okay, okay, like this yeah. is the heart of our order. Like, if you're gonna come up in the bottom of the seventh, th- this is it. Um, like you want Santander, I think he's been playing, uh, he's been hitting the ball well the past couple of days. Um, he had that good line drive at the middle to at the, uh, at the start of the game. And it seems like also our team just has better at bats. And I talked about this in his post game after the first game that our team just tends to have better at bats as the game goes on. But you think Santander, Mancini, Franco, like this is our chance, and then. You know, Mancini pops up, and, and and Santander gets out, and all of a sudden it's two outs, and Franco, and 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 Franco gets up, and you think, okay, well, you know, this is not the inning that that we thought it was going right. to be, and then you know, all of a sudden, um, you know, Franco, what he walks right, and then there's yeah. the error, there there's the error, and then all of a sudden, um, <laughs> here right. we are with with a, this two out
1: rally right at but the bottom of I... our lineup.
2: Right, McKenna check
1: swings actually oh, makes yeah. contact, yeah. Which is where you got the error. So then you got McKenna on on first, and Franco on second. They uh, pinch run, and, the, and then the wild pitch. The wild pitch puts yep. Ruiz in the third base, and yep. next thing we know, a shot up the middle.
2: Yeah, it's a wild game, and two runners would have scored if two runners could have scored. But uh, the winning run scores, and and we go home seven six victors. And I feel really good about that win. Feel really good about it.
1: All right. Uh, if you're watching us on Facebook, we've got a poll under our video where you can vote for the Orioles MVP. Currently, it is Mullins at 80% and Mountcastle at 20%. It's Urias. It should be Urias. Urias has zero votes.
2: No, he. I don't care but about your stupid poll. Urias is the answer. You have got the game to walk-off bo- I was going
1: to say the same thing. It, when you get a clutch hit like that, it doesn't matter anything else in the game. A clutch yeah. hit, walk-off. You are the Orioles MVP. I know on TV they talked to Mullins. I get that. Yeah. Mullins is the hot bat. He's been the hot bat all year. That's great. But Urias gets the vote today. He got yeah. the walk off.
2: Um, and Mullins is doing something. Like every time he gets a hit, like I'm almost more amazed because I think it's a bit of mirage. Like certainly this will. Like he's he can't keep on doing this, but his on base percentage is still over 500 and he's still i mean he's got the history going and it's still pr- pr- pretty incredible um but yeah i was given on our podcast on monday i was giving your uh uh your eyes a hard time because he was had like seven at bats and five strikeouts but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter cuz cuz he had to home run the first game and more importantly he had to walk off hit in this game right Absolute so he's, that solid he's and not, solid up the middle single love it love it um,
1: we haven't really talked about the first game. I don't know if we really need to. No,
2: I got too much to talk about the second game. Let's just talk about yeah. our, our victory.
1: So, all right, but let's start at the beginning. Dean Kramer, yeah. he only made it four innings. Yeah. Um, Gave up four runs and four innings. That, that's a disappointment, right, that he could only go four.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he I, only threw 50 pitches or something.
1: Right. I, but I they mean, didn't, someone lost trust in him. Or was he shortened to four because – taking you out at the four would be like taking you out in five. Like yeah, this. I
2: I think some of it was strategy. Like, you realize you didn't need to get to nine innings. Right. So, all of a sudden, LeBlanc, who only threw one inning, right? That, that's all you needed from him yep. to plug. But then, like, you, you second-guess everything, right? When you blow a lead. Like, you wonder if LeBlanc could have pitched two innings, then Ploco could have pitched two right. innings and gotten the save instead of having to pitch three where he blew the save. Well, yeah. But focus on Kramer. I mean, Kramer started off pitching really well, throwing a lot of strikes. I mean, Kramer's whole deal is this, and it's very simple. And Ben McDonald was talking about this in, in the show. Like, if he gets ahead in the count, 0-1, 0-2, he's super effective. Like, he has strikeout pitches. Like, we've seen a bunch of, feel like, Oriole pitchers who get to the 0-2 count and don't know how to finish off ha- uh, the batter. That's not true for Kramer. Like, he can finish guys off. The right. problem is what happened in the, in the, you know, uh, go, going back to the... I don't know, all the way to, to, to the third inning um, is Kramer in the third inning lost the strike zone. And so he yes. started getting behind guys 2-0, 3-0. And I, I don't know why that happens, why he's cruising along and can hit, the, hit his spots in the first two innings, and then all of a sudden it's the third inning, and he can no longer find the strike zone with his fastball. Yeah. But, but that's what happened. Um, yeah,
1: totally agree. I, I misspoke earlier saying he went four. He went three innings. Yeah. So that's yeah, definitely no, a disappointment. But he did. That, You're right. When he was hot, he got three strikeouts. In yep. three innings, that's that's good. You want to get a strikeout per inning. That's acceptable. That's very good. Oh yeah, like if he gets ahead in
2: the count, and this is true for all pitchers, but it's especially true with him. If he gets ahead in the count, like he's dominant. But when he gets behind, which happened in the third inning, I mean, it was, it was a single, a double, a walk, like all, like uh, you know, and and because he, he and he was getting behind guys two and 3 zero, every single time. Thankfully um, though,
1: thankfully, right after he struggled in the third. Uh, marjovius or whatever the guy's name is for seattle also struggled and we got the four runs back very very fast
2: yeah so the errors were just huge for seattle today yes um it was it was stewart's hit in the in the third inning where um he reached on an error um and then and then there was the this was one of the the funnier after after the error with stewart this is one of the funnier plays for me there was the the bean ball for Santander. but It was like a curve ball that landed like 10 feet in front of Santander and then on the bounce hit him. So that was – if you're going to get hit by a ball, getting hit off the bounce like that is pretty nice. And then, Josh, and then, of course, the big hit. Uh, And and so if you want to argue for the second player of the game, it's not still Cedric Moulinsari. It's it's Franco with the big base-clearing double. And to me, first of all, whenever I see a bases-loaded double – I get the dumb and young chills all across my body. It's just so exciting for me. There is literally nothing more exciting than a double with the bases loaded. Like that to me is like the most exciting play in all of baseball. And so I was pumped to see it. I was pumped to see them send uh, Santander. Even if he was going to be out by a mile, you know, his leg hit the glove and the ball popped out. Right. So that, that, that was a great moment in
1: the game to
3: get
2: yes. those runs back right away. Because you're
1: right. He was out by a mile. He did a great job kicking that ball right out of the glove.
2: Yeah, that was cool. It was also fun that same inning to see uh, Mountcastle stole uh, second base. That was yep, fun as well. He got his first.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, all good there. And then um, you mentioned Plutko. How is it that – I get that Plutko gave up and lost Blue the save on his on going in for a third inning. But before that point, Plutko has been like perfect for the Orioles this season.
2: Yeah, he's, he's been really good. And – and I think, like, I don't know really why, because I was talking to this. That makes sense. The last game, I, I the last post game I did with Ryan Blake, I was talking about Plucko too, because he pitched for a, few, a couple innings, and it's like he gives up weak contact, but like he doesn't have dominant stuff. Like he throws low nineties. Like you look at his stuff, like I don't know how this guy's getting people out, but he just produces weak contact after weak contact after weak contact, right? Um. Kevin Brown on the broadcast, he focused on this idea of kind of once through the lineup. And so we yes. saw with the Mariners starter, second time through the lineup, he really struggled. With. And LeBlanc this is what happened to him, too, second time through the lineup. Though I think it's more, again, it's the same issue with um, Kramer, where he got behind, you know, three and one uh, to, to, to Haggerty. And by the way, I don't blame Plutko for throwing a fastball down the middle to Haggerty when Haggerty's is an absolute bum, Josh. Haggerty is a bum. He that was his second career, his second career home run. If you just look at his stats, like here, just his stats real quick. Yeah, he has seventy career at bats, a batting average of two hundred. And going into the game, he had one home run.
1: Yeah, we've been we've been uh, making fun of how poor our lineup has been and really cold. Uh, But yeah, he has a batting average of one fifty eight. He was the ninth hitter.
2: He was the ninth hitter of of, of, of a weak lineup. He was their number nine hitter. So it's you, you don't expect to get beat by that guy. Right. Um, and so that's why Plucko came right at him with the fastball, because you don't expect him to beat you like that. But he did. Uh, and credit to the Orioles for 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 coming back from that. But Josh, do you think it was the right move to keep him in there? Or would you or would you have put a would you have put Valdez in there?
1: I I like Valdez Valdez as the closer, so I can understand, well, no, I guess that would be coming in for the save at that point. Yeah, you're up by two runs. Yeah, you're in up the, by two. In I would the, have liked to see Valdez inning. come in. I like Valdez and his dead fish pitch. I don't understand how it works except for the movement. It's got crazy movement. Um, so I like him in that situation. But like I said, put has been perfect this season, so I can't question any time you put him in and give him the ball.
2: Yeah, we talk about this sometimes with managers. I feel like we've had this conversation where. Like you sometimes wonder him. why managers take out a hot hand, right? Yeah. Like, why would you use four pitchers when one of them could be off one night? When if you got a guy that's working, like just stick with him, right? Um, and and Plucko seemed to be working, so like yeah, that, that was like my opinion at the time was this is okay. I'm okay with Plucko staying in, and I love Valdez. I love him, and yeah. I I was okay with Plucko staying in. Then after that, Plucko gave up the home run. I was
1: like, Hyde, you're an idiot. You should have put Valdez. I know, in. and that's what we do as fans. We say, but because there's two things, the manager can either, uh. It basically, for fans, it all depends whether or not it works. If it works, absolutely, we're like, okay, yeah, that's great. If it doesn't work, if you pull Valdez and then Valdez gives up the home run, you say, why'd you remove the hot hand? You know, you get upset yeah. for him pulling him. So whenever you take a guy out before he struggles, it doesn't look good on you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I I agree. And this is, and again, like the easier decision – would be to go to Valdez because he's your closer and this is a closing situation. And so for some managers, it's automatic. Oh, it's a 6-4 game, close situation, let, let's go to Valdez. So I thought the riskier decision, like the decision that would open up Hyde to more criticism would be keeping Plucko in. And we saw, I saw people on Twitter saying, Hyde has some answers. Someone's going to have to ask Hyde these right. tough questions. And thankfully, Ramon led him off the hook a little bit by getting that game-winning hit our player of the game has that poll got any better josh
1: uh yes uh ramon is up to 17 percent and mullins has dropped down to 67 percent so if you're over on facebook go on over and vote for the orioles mvp uh ramon Urias needs your vote if you didn't notice he hit the walk-off tonight plus we're going to try something new with birdland tonight if you guys want to be a part of the show if you want to come on and ask your questions personally instead of just typing things in comments or share your feedback uh click on the link in there in the comments and maybe we'll bring you on as part of the show
2: hey a couple other notes just that i wanted to to make a point of all right i thought ryan Castle played really well yeah i i thought if you look at his hits um both in the first game and the second game they're throwing him a ton of curveballs and today he was hitting the curveball So I think it's not just significant that he was getting on base, but that he's hitting the curveball.
1: All right, let's take a quick break right here and come back and let's talk about this lineup and some of the guys on it. Okay.
3: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
1: All right, Matt, you were talking about Ryan Mountcastle and how he did get two hits today.
2: Both on curveballs.
1: Both both on curveballs. So that's a big improvement and something – and not to mention, he played left field tonight. Yep. A lot, a lot of controversy about whether or not he should be in the outfield. No issues tonight.
2: Yeah, he was taken away at the end, a defensive replacement type deal with Ryan McKenna. But
1: that's what you want to do. Yep. That's a good move. That's a smart move. Yeah. Um, but – uh Do you think when he's at? Do you think in the outfield helps him like not think about batting, kind of take some stress away? I don't know the mindset of a DH. Like if you're a DH and you go up there and you strike out, do you sit on that bench just thinking about that strikeout until you're up at the bat again?
2: I don't know. I couldn't help but notice the juxtaposition here between Trey Mancini and Ryan Mountcastle, where Trey Mancini seems so. Obviously, to be pressing because he's struggling and it feels I mean, like he wants to hit a,
1: a 5 run homer. Trey Mancini's face is about to explode when he's up, yeah. At the plate. He seems his, really frustrated. He is so tense that you can read it in his face. He's so angry that he's not working at the plate. Yeah, he's and, a guy that should be a DH tomorrow and give him a little break. Well, and
2: contra, and and he did have a really good at bat his last at bat where he worked to walk from yes, an own, two count. own 2 to the wall. Yeah, I call that a great at bat. And then yeah, that's, but, not, what, but that's the, not what your
1: text messages say.
2: <laughs> but, but the thing about Ryan Madcastle is he, he had that ball too. He, he pulled the double yeah. and then he hit a ball um, to, to right field. Right, He went the other way with it. And to me, that shows like he just was patient, waited for the ball and went the other way. Like That shows he's not trying to pull everything. He's not trying to crush everything. Like He's still up there kind of with that same approach of I'm going to go with the pitch. Right. Which which is so encouraging for me to see him take a, an outside curveball and go to a right field with it, an inside curveball and pull it right. is just a great approach at the plate. And so it, I don't know, I felt especially because Ryan McCoskey's been struggling. You would think maybe he's pressing, but he still has a really good approach to the bat, which I think is yeah. saying a lot about that young hitter. So I'm I'm really optimistic about Ryan McCoskey going forward. Yeah. Do you know who else I think had a really good game today? Um. Or who? Who I don't know. Do you have any impressions of of someone that stuck out to you? I have one other guy that stuck out to me today. Besides I mean, Cedric Mullins, I, I liked
1: I liked the hustle of McKenna in that yeah. same position to get down the first base on speed. an obvious out. Speed is fun, right? You have like speed. That's a that's a that's a game. That's a type of hit that Manny Machado would not run. Mm. We saw We saw that. How many times did we see Manny Machado not run the first base?
2: That is such a random. Criticism I, shot think, at Machado. Just I look think, at a couple uh, weeks, ago, a couple days, games ago against the Yankees, where Franco didn't did, didn't didn't run out of ball to first base. That's true. So I don't know why true. you gotta talk you about go back because years and talk about Manny Machado, you
1: bitter old man. Stop. Because for some reason, when I thought of not hustling the first base, Machado is the is the guy that pops in my head. No, but
2: I thought that was fun. I think his speed, his defense, like that's what, like that's what you can do. You can have a bat at bat and still get on base when you have speed. No, but the other guy that stood out to me. And this is more defensively, though he also had a base hit, and that's Ch- Chance Cisco. I thought he did a really nice job behind yeah. the plate, especially
1: uh, for positions where all Oriole fans hate all the Oriole catchers. Yeah, yeah, I've talked
2: about the four because we have you know because we got Adley. Ruchman. So yeah.
1: whenever there's a mistake or the catcher doesn't hit a home run, all of Orioles or all of Birdland uh, says, "Oh well, Adley would have hit the home run, or Adley wouldn't have done that," which yeah. isn't the case because Adley's also human. But until he comes up, he's Jesus.
2: Yeah, but 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 he's Jesus in cleats, just like Matt Weiders was. But I thought I thought there was, especially because Kramer was a little bit wild. There was some yeah. some some really good blocks on his part, and he got that base hit against the shift. So it was, yeah. I thought I thought he had a good game. I thought LeBlanc too. That LeBlanc has not been pitching well, but I thought today he pitched really well. I'm also like confused a little bit as far as how Hyde is using LeBlanc. Because now he used LeBlanc this game as kind of that middle guy to get yeah. to Plucko, like where that. previously he used them in the opposite way, where Plucko would pitch first and then right. he would be at the end. So LeBlanc, I think Hyde is still figuring out his bullpen a little bit here too.
1: Right, LeBlanc was also like a quick specialist. He just came in and got out, got the outs, got out of the inning.
2: Yeah, I think got it was three in. up, three three down um, with LeBlanc. Uh, well, i sure really well. that
1: I would imagine that has something to do with where the Mariners were in their lineup.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it does, and that's do that. that's what when this season started, right? The I remember Hyde saying like, "There's no closer. Like we're gonna we're gonna you know pitch to the situation." <laughs> well, we learned our lesson today. Yeah, and I guess this is Hyde pitching to the, the situation, but I like I really like the combination of Tanner Scott throwing a hundred miles per hour, and then coming and then back out. backing yes. that up. <laughs> with a guy throwing a dead fish yes. like I, I like that kind of combination well, it doesn't work as quite as well with Plucko and it, um and, valdez. and it doesn't
1: work with seven innings
2: yeah
1: i like, you know, like that's the type of combination that's great for eight and nine because yeah that's what i want i want i want when orioles are all healthy i want to see tanner scott in the seventh valdez in the eighth hunter harvey in the ninth so you get that yeah uh that fastball crap fastball
2: yeah, no, I agree. I think that's, that would be a great a great lineup at the back of the rotation. Uh, I am. Josh, I am. I'll just say it. I am a fan. I know this is unpopular. I'm a fan of the seven-inning, two-hour-and-a-half baseball I, game. We see 14 innings of baseball. 18 innings, innings of baseball I, is a lot of baseball for one deal. day. I'm okay with 14 innings.
1: I'm okay with seven-inning games if all 162 are seven-inning games. Oh, when, no. That would be when, terrible. When it's random – it feels like playing 3 quarters of a football game. Imagine if football said, "Oh, we had a little rain in the morning, so now we're going to play only 3 quarters instead of 4 quarters." Your game plan changes as a team.
2: Your yeah. strategy
1: changes. It's yeah, a different I, game.
2: I, yeah, I guess I like that too. Like I like the the different strategies too. So that's part of your I criticism, love- part of the the appeal for me. And yeah. it's not it's not it's not like random. It's double headers. Yes. So we're already seeing at least 14 innings today. Free baseball. We saw fifteen, 15 innings. Yes, yeah. but
1: I mean, eighteen innings is a lot. And so, I like for double headers. I like the fourteen innings. No, I like and, it. And, and knowing that we had to do Birdland tonight, it was nice that it was ending at ten o'clock. I totally. Oh yeah, agree that. yeah. A, Kevin, a nine
2: inning game. This would be with This would be eleven thirty right now. Yeah.
1: And Kevin Brown uh, made a comment during the broadcast that he likes. He's a fan of the seventh inning. Seven inning games.
2: Okay. And do you want to jump on the bandwagon, the Ben McDonald and Kevin Brown bandwagon?
1: Well, oh, I mean, that was so much better than what we've been getting this season,
2: right? Mm. Do, do Kevin Brown and Jim Palmer ever work together? I think that'd be a fun combination.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I like the Kevin Brown-Ben McDonald combination. I'd like yeah. to see a Kevin Brown-Brian Roberts combination. Because mm. Mm. I think Brian Roberts is very good, too. Mm. Um, but he made the comment about how he's a fan of the seven, seven innings, and people on Twitter were giving him a hard time. And I'm like, of course he's a fan. It means he gets off early. Yeah, I would like. I'm a fan of the seven-hour workday. Who wouldn't it be? I don't yeah, get it. I,
2: I mean, as someone who likes to go to bed at
1: 10:30, I also am
2: a fan of the seven-hour right. game. I, I mean, how happy were you
1: last week when you had a half day off work? You're a fan of half days, too. It's I'm a job. huge fan of half days. I'm a huge, huge fan job. of half days. Of course, days. he wants it to end early. Yeah,
2: yeah. If you could, yeah. Like, let me sign up. A 90-minute delay, I'm like, I'm over the moon. Uh, <laughs> right, early right. dismissed, so I'm over the freaking moon. Right. So, yeah. Me-
1: meanwhile, on the opposite side, when that rain delay got longer and longer yesterday, and then it looked like maybe yeah. they were going to try to play late, and I knew I had to do Birdland tonight, I'm looking at my clock like, oh, this is going to be like a West Coast game.
2: Yeah, yeah. So,
1: um so yeah, so we didn't have a burden tonight for the first game, but that's all right. Tough loss in the 8th. Um, yeah, and
2: th- and this is again why I think this wa- this win was so important because we can the loss that. in the first game, like okay, you thought okay, you're down 3 nothing, whatever. Then you score 3 runs to tie it. Then all of a sudden you got a new baseball game. You know, it's it's like this could be our first comeback win like let's go. Um and then to 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 lose it was just Demoralizing, and then all of a sudden you you get a big lead here in this game, yeah. And then to lose that lead to this bum Haggerty, you're thinking like it's just a devastating. Oh. Like it was. I don't know if I would even done Berlin tonight. I would just would have sat here and like moped the entire time because it would have been such a. So my response to winning, that's why I said, it was more
1: relief because oh my gosh, it would have been so devastating if we lost, especially oh after the loss after the tough series sweep with Boston. Um. Yeah. So.
2: And and I see signs, Josh, with scoring seven. Uh What did we scored four in the first game, three, four. We
1: scored uh, three. Three, yeah. four, three. We lost four, yeah. three.
2: But but ten runs in fourteen innings. Better at bats. I felt like by Ryan Mancastle, by yep. Franco Mullen, still doing his thing. I feel like maybe the offense is starting to 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 turn to life a little bit. Um, so, I mean, Santander, Santander, I thought, hit the ball hard, even in that last inning, that last inning in the first game, that the final inning, where all balls were hit on the money and hit hard. Like, it was three hard-hit balls that were just hit, um, either just short or at the wrong players, or just right at somebody. Um, but I feel like we see signs of our offense kind of come to life.
1: Totally agree. Um- the, uh, the Orioles are still in second place. So I, I, now, yes, we're still tied with everyone in the division at five and six, except for the Boston Red Sox. I'll who, take it. Who We swept the Red Sox for those first three games. They haven't lost since we left Boston. Yeah, and this I don't is what really know what to understand about the Red Sox right now.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing that I think you always have to keep in mind as baseball fans. Like you have your team, and you get so myopically focused on your team, you don't realize like stuff's happening to the other team, and it could be that the Red Sox are just freaking on fire, and it didn't matter who they played. Yeah, they would have taken care of business no matter who they played. Oh, and by the way, um, yesterday the Toronto Blue Jays, one of the best hitting teams in baseball, got completely shut down by Garrett Cole, just like Garrett Cole shut right. us down like that. Right. Sometimes other players have players too who are really good. And so, and but the same is true with the Mariners. The Mariners are not a great baseball team. So maybe our offense is not coming to life more than um, our, are we playing the Mariners? Which, by the way, that was weird too. Um, in today's game, when they brought Fest, is it best? They brought Best Best, in in that key moment. And he's a rule five guy. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Bringing a rule five guy in this key moment in the game. Like you wouldn't see Stroller or Tyler Wells in there in that situation for the Orioles. I would hope not, at least, unless you were. I guess short on arms. But at that point, I thought, oh, we got this game. And then we almost had this game. Yeah. And we did have the game, but <laughs> not exactly how I, how I planned not it quite,
1: out. Not quite. Not yeah. quite. Well, um, as we wrap up this game, Urias has gained a little bit more in our Facebook poll as he is now up to 33% in second place behind Mullins at 50%.
2: Okay. You should never do these polls again.
1: It's terrible. Yeah, uh, well, come on. <laughs> Until we get have better ever, listeners. Have you, you ever seen – the, the polls on, like, Masson and stuff, you never trust the viewer. Yeah. So, all right, we'll, we'll we'll give you time. You can still probably vote if you're watching the replay and help get Urias, who hit the walk-off to win the game, that Orioles MVP vote on Birdland tonight. Yeah. Um. All right, this is a four-game series with Seattle. So whether they're good or bad, who really cares? We get two more games. And you said they're bad. They got a better record than us. They are 6-5. and five.
2: Yeah. I, now, I know, but they're, just, they're not projected to... They're not right. supposed to win the division. And, they're not really they don't, supposed to be a playoff right. team.
1: And they don't play the teams we play. They didn't play the Red Sox and the Yankees.
2: Yeah. And um, I mean, it's surprising though, right,
1: Josh? That if you, if
2: you would have laid this out and said, uh, we win one out of two of the doubleheaders, do we win the Kramer start or the John Means start? I probably would have said the John Means start, right? Well, we ended up winning the Kramer start.
1: Right. And I mean, uh, John Means had a fine start. I mean, he gave up four runs. In five innings, I believe, yeah, five in- no three runs. He gave three up runs. three runs in yeah, five innings. To, run, yeah, because it went to extras, and that's where they got. Yeah, the that's a fine start for for John Means.
2: Yeah, and I, I'm I'm excited to see the next two starts. I mean, we got Harvey going tomorrow night. I, love um, I, am,
1: I am loving Harvey this year,
2: and then we got Zimmerman going the next night. Yeah. So those, those those are two guys I'm excited to see pitch again because I think um the jury's kind of still out in them so i'm curious to see how they do and i the jury's done on dean kramer too like these are all pitchers who i think are still trying to figure themselves out which is kind of fun
1: yep so uh hop on back on here for birdland tonight tomorrow after the game as cody from the i like the duck podcast uh will be on here i'm not sure who will be joining him but it'll at least you'll at least get cody here for game three against seattle justin dunn takes the mound for the mariners and as you Matt just said, Matt Harvey for the Orioles. Seven oh five start. Thursday's a one oh five start. So get ready for that one. Uh, anything else, Matt, before we get out of here?
2: No, that that's it for me. We appreciate everyone tuning in to the seven to six victory walk-off win for our bottom
1: Orioles. All right, see you guys.